Hey, so we believe the church is the place that should be enjoyed and not endured. So we hope that you came to enjoy yourself today. Uh, maybe something that's new for you. It may not be uh, an experience when you think of uh, God or church or religion. And uh, that's a good thing because one thing we're going to learn today, even as we talk, uh, that God, God doesn't want to just do what you think he can do. He wants to go far beyond everything that you think that he's capable of. He wants to do more than, than even your idea of what a good God is. He wants to be more than that in your life. He wants to be a God that brings joy and hope. And you may have broken pieces in your life. You may be thinking, man, I'm never going to be able to recover from this one. And I, ch- I choose to believe today that maybe that our God has a way of meeting you where you're at and maybe be just blowing your mind. And I, I say this often, I've already said it today, but if we have the courage to believe in an invisible God, like we showed up here to worship a God that we can't see, let's have the courage to just believe for even things that are hard for us to grasp. If we can believe in an invisible God, let's believe in his invisible ways, that he can still do signs, he can still do wonders, that he can do miracles in my life and my expectation. Here's here's where I'm at. I'm just believing that God can do the miraculous. I'm talking about maybe you have a death sentence uh, from a a doctor, diagnosis. The man, it's I I believe that we serve a God who has healing power. You may think that your marriage is too far gone. You may think that you're going to have to file for bankruptcy based upon your situation. I just I just have the courage to believe for the miraculous. And if we have, if we've gathered today to believe in an invisible God, let's just step up to the plate. Say, I want it all. I want it all. And I want you, God, I want you, God, to go beyond what I think that you can do. And I want you to do exceedingly, abundantly more. If it's your first time here, we see you and we're glad that you're with us. When you're part of our church, when you're here, we set aside all of our differences and we become a family. And we hope that you find a place that you can belong today where you can find strength and wisdom, support for your life. I want to welcome those that are watching us uh, online, our online community. Can we give it up for everybody that's joining us online? in life. Here's what I found out about my journey this far. You get in life what you expect. And so if you expect nothing, you're going to get nothing. But those who have the courage to believe beyond the things even they can see, man, the sky's the limit. So I want to start off our time together by just praying. We're going to get into the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God that we can learn a lot from it, that it's God's guide for our life. And so I want to lead us in prayer. This is kind of the time where we just open our heart. Maybe you're somebody, you're skeptical here today. You're already thinking, what did I walk into? Uh, But what we do is we just kind of take a second, we open our heart and we say, God, would you just do what only you can do. When you create a space for God, 100% of the time, I found that he always feels it. So would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for an opportunity to gather in church today. For many of us, we've grown up doing this. For some of us, it's a new thing. Um, Our world has taught us what religion means. But God, we ask today that you would teach us more than what religion has taught us. God, that you would teach us what it's like to have a real relationship with you, that we would see that you're not far off, that you're closer than our next breath. God, would you use the words that I speak today? God, to answer questions that people have been struggling with for years. God, to give a little bit of clarity. I ask that the peace of God would rule and reign in this space. God, that everything in our life may not be the exact way that we want it to be, but we would have this supernatural ability to get your perspective, to be okay even when things are not, to be empowered by your peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, and to understand that even when our journey doesn't look like we want it to look, that you're working in the midst of our journey. God, we anchor ourselves in the fact that all things work together for the good of those who love God. And so today, God, we just choose to love you. We open our hearts to you. God, I ask that you show yourself real 
to the person that may be far from you and just is like, what is this all about? Show who you are. Do what you and only you can do. We look to you today in Jesus' name. Everybody sit. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, today we're going to look in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, and uh, I'm going to start in, in, in verse 1. Uh, it says this, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says that I saw the Lord. And when I saw the Lord, he was high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Verse 2 says this, above him were seraphim, which are angelic beings. You can just think of like a type of angel. Each had six wings. And with, let I me mean, picture this. Each had six wings with two wings that covered their face and with two wings that covered their feet. Like you thought Star, Star Wars was cool, right? Like the Bible has some creatures. And the Bible says uh, with two other wings, they were, they were flying. Verse 3 says, and they were calling to one another as they're flying. In the presence of God. And this is what they're saying. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. They say the, the whole earth is filled with his glory. Verse 4 says, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah responds and he says, woe to me. I cried, I'm ruined. He says, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes now, they've seen the king. They've seen the Lord Almighty. Verse 6 says this, Then one of the seraphim, which is one of the angelic beings, it flew to me, Isaiah, with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Verse 7, With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. And because it's touched your lips, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying this, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us. And I said, here I am, God, send me. I've told this story before about how I was with my family, uh, in, in Disneyland, which is supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And, uh, my wife and I, we took our three kids and, um, I have three kids. Sometimes I forget their ages. Any parents ever do that? Like, I'm like, I have a seven. She's like, you have a nine year old. Like I, I just get them confused sometimes. And uh, so we, it was like our first family trip with like just us. And so we go to Disneyland and we have the two boys and uh, our baby girl who was uh, just just really just a fresh newborn. And so uh, the boys were wanting to ride certain rides. And so we kind of rotate off like I'd, I'd stay with the baby at the uh, with the stroller. And then she'd go on uh, kind of getting some of the lines, to take the boys and we'd kind of rotate back and forth. So we do we do this and she takes the two boys and they're going to go on this one ride. And so my oldest son who's nine. Uh, my middle son is is four. And so they get in line, and my middle son, as he's as they're standing in line, he starts actually watching like what this riot is about to do. And as he sees like how high it goes, like this ride that he was like super excited about going on, all of a sudden it's like, Mom, I don't I don't want to go on this ride. I want to go sit with dad. She's like, No, it's gonna be fun. He's like, No, I don't want one daddy, you know. And and so she calls me on the phone. I'm I'm standing at a distance and I have the uh the stroller and I'm I'm looking so I can see him the whole time. So she calls me and she's like, Hey babe, like uh, Levi doesn't want to go on this ride, so uh, we decide that when they get up to the gate, she's going to send Levi around. Levi will come around. He'll uh, kind of hang out with me. So I continue to watch them. They get up to the gate. And when they get up to the gate, uh, she kind of signals. And so I wave and, and my son's looking and he's, and he's waving back at me. And 
He's like super excited, like daddy, daddy. And so, so I, I wave, come on, let's go. Like, 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 come over here with me. And so he takes off walking and I'm really not that far away. I can see him and he comes around this gate. But when he comes around this gate, it was a busy day at Disneyland. He gets lost in like all of the hustle, bus, hustle and bustle of these people. There's people just kind of all of a sudden people just start moving. There's kind of like a swarm. So you imagine like a little four year old. I mean, he's only like, like, like the knee's height. Right. And, and he, he, all of a sudden, uh, his, his smile goes from a smile and excitement just to just extreme terror, as you could imagine, because he thinks that he's lost and he's bumping into people. And all of a sudden he starts crying like real tears, not like fake, like real tears. And he's like, daddy. And he's, and he's screaming all the while I'm, I'm watching him. I could see right where he's at. He, he thinks that he's lost. He thinks that his parents have abandoned him. And he thinks that, man, he's never going to get back to mom and dad again, right? Like in his little four-year-old mind, this is what he's thinking. He, he's terrified. His reality is telling him, man, this is, this is it. I'm, I'm never going to be with my family again. So I, I, I see him crying. And so as a, as a dad, I'm like, man, he doesn't really even know. Like he's not in danger, but he thinks that he's in danger. So I yell out, Levi. And when I yell out his name, he instantly looks at me and these sobbing tears tears dry up and he, he makes eye contact with me. And when he makes eye contact with me, I say, come here, get over here. And he comes over to me and he hugs and, and all this kind kind, kind of stuff. And we kind of like reunite. What's interesting to me is he was sure just a few seconds before that his life was, was over. It, it, It was his reality, but yet his reality was not reality. Is anybody tracking with me this morning? So sometimes in life, we think that we know what's going on, but a lot of times in life, we're just like the little four-year-old who gets lost at Disneyland, and we think the things that we're facing, the realities that we're up against is real, but a lot of times, our reality is not actually our reality. And, and, and here, here's, here's the thing about it, is you think that it is. You, you think that you see clearly. And we live in a society that celebrates the reality of an individual. And I'm super thankful for this because used to people would say like, you know, this is what I'm feeling. And and our culture would say, well, get over it, you know, like move past it. But we've learned to like uh, help people understand that they matter, that they're seen, that what they feel is real. And people will say things like, you can't tell me that what I feel is not real. I'm so glad we moved past that conversation and we celebrate the reality of the individual. The bottom line is, though, that reality oftentimes is, is crafted by two specific things, feelings and facts, meaning what I, what I feel is what is real to me and what I see as reality, whatever the facts are, this is what is reality. Even though it feels like it's real, and even though it looks like it's real, even though science may say that it's real, even when you think that this has to be the way that it is, I would encourage you to consider that maybe there's more than the reality that you're currently embracing. I I think about this. Here's an example. Look at this goldfish. It's going to be like a main point in my conversation. This, This gold, can I tell you something? This goldfish thinks that it's free. This goldfish doesn't know that there's other fish that don't have to bump their little nose up against the glass bowl. This goldfish doesn't know that there's other fish that get to swim out in the sea. They can eat whatever they want, whenever they want. They can swim as far as they want. Get this, re- this, this, this goldfish's reality tells him that he has everything that he needs. This becomes a struggle in our world. This becomes a struggle as Christians. If, if we're going to believe that God wants to make me stand out, he wants me to make me distinct. If I'm going to believe that my marriage can be better, 
better than anybody else's marriage, that my finances can be better than anybody else's finances, that my physical well-being can be better than anybody else. I'm going to have to learn to get beyond the fishbowl. What what does the fishbowl represent? The fishbowl represents what I think is reality based upon what? Based upon what I know. But the problem is you only know what you know. I remember going to third world countries and you, and you go to people who are in extreme poverty and you're like, man, I could totally help you. And you begin to try to tell them like, man, if we could ever get away, you know, to, and, and these people like look at you like, what are you talking about? Because it's funny in third world countries, a lot of poor people don't know that they're poor because your standard of poverty is different than theirs. They think that they're rich in their country and you think that they're poor because of where you come from. This is the danger with your reality. You only know what you know. What if there was something outside of the existence of all that you feel and all that you see? What if you were in this current state, a four-year-old who thinks, man, this is it. Daddy's left me. I will never find the thing that I need to find to have the life that I have. But what if there's a God who sees a bitter, bigger picture than what you're facing and what you're going through? If I'm gonna, if I'm going to be a standout, it's all gonna be dependent upon how I start out. What, what am I saying? Where I start determines actually where I, I have, I have to be able to own where I'm at. And if there's any plague in our society, it is, it is a, a great lack of self-awareness. What am I saying? We don't even really know what we're going through. Why are you feeling that? If I, I don't, I don't really know. I I think I'm feeling it because I'm just lonely. I think I'm feeling it maybe because I have a chemical imbalance. I think that I'm feeling it because me and my spouse have been arguing. I think that I've been feeling it because I I retired and I don't know what's next. I think that I'm feeling it because I don't have the job that I want. But I can't really tell you that I know that I know that I know because I only know what I know. If, If I'm going to be able to come become the person that God wants me to be so that I can flourish, so that my life can be better than just status quo and what I'm experiencing. Hear me on YouTube today. I'm going to have to learn to somehow grasp a reality that is bigger than mine. I'm going to have to figure out what is really real. I'm going to have to learn how to be aware of, of not just who I am, but I'm going to have to learn to be truly accurately aware of where I'm starting from. Because when I'm not, here's, here's the dangerous thing. Here's what happens. You, 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 start, you start solving problems that aren't, aren't even real. You're, you're, tra- you're trying to solve problems that aren't even really the problems. Or you're trying to solve problems that you don't have all the pieces to. Because you don't have the perspective of a father. You only have the perspective of the lost four-year-old. You know what's even worse? A lot of people, they're not trying to, trying to solve any problems at all because they don't see any. This, this is equal. Everything is just good. Everything is good. And you're not working to progress your life or move life forward because you can't, you think that everything's good. This is your reality. And what I'm, what I'm here to say today, you might be living in a fishbowl. And the danger of the fishbowl is the fishbowl feels safe. The fishbowl feels comfortable because the fishbowl is all I've known. But what if there's more for your family, for your marriage, for your finances, for your soul, for your world than the fishbowl? This is where Isaiah finds himself. Isaiah was an educated man. We talk about how, how God can use nobodies, right? Like God can, you, you may be dumb in this place, but God, and that's true. But this, this was not Isaiah's background. This is a well-educated man. You can tell by the way that his writing style is. As you dig into history and you look at how he wrote. Man, this is not somebody who just, just comes off the streets. and the street. This is somebody who is book smart and well-learned and well-educated. And if you know anything about education, when you start getting some knowledge, you start feeling like you know some things. 
What am I saying? The more knowledge, the more, the more videos that, it, that I watch, the more education that I watch. You ever meet somebody like this? It's like a know-it-all, right? Because you know so much, you think you have this position of power. Isaiah probably was in this position where because of everything that I know, I believe that I have a pretty sound perspective of what reality is. And yet Isaiah says that in the year that King Uzziah died, he sees the Lord. Didn't you already know the Lord? Yeah, I did. But I, but I saw something different than I always thought that he was. When King Uzziah died, here's just a little side note. When there's change in your life, when you're going through something that feels like a death, that feels uncomfortable, maybe, maybe tension in your marriage, tension at your job, something going on in your finances, you have an opportunity that you were not afforded before. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. When you're going through situations of change, you have an opportunity to grasp a new perspective that you've never had before. What is this? This is the beginning of the whole awareness thing. If I'm going to be accurately aware of where I'm at, I have to, to step up to a plate to be able to see something. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. How, how do I get genuine, authentic, accurate awareness? Accurate awareness, here's where it starts. I want you to write this down. It's, it starts with God awareness. <laughs> you, you can't be aware of what's really going on until you're God aware. And, and I'm not talking about just religiously God, God aware. I'm not talking about I go to church and I read the Bible and I know that God is important and God is this and God is that and God is love and God is mercy and I'm so thankful for the grace. I'm talking about knowing God. I'm talking about relation. In the year that King Uzziah died, he sees the Lord. It's like, was, was God hiding? No, no, God wasn't hiding, but life, your life has a tendency to hide God. What about God's not hiding from you, but your life will hide God. Your busyness will hide God. The, the economic system of climb the corporate ladder, become somebody. All these things will hide God. And I find myself so much of the time getting up and preaching and saying things like, God doesn't want to be at the top of your list. God wants to be at the center of your life. And yet when I evaluate my marriage and I say, hey, is God at the center of your marriage? Uh, is, is God at the center of your financial decisions? Like in the things, is he, is he, I know you say he's at the middle. I know you show up to church and you cry tears because you're so grateful for his mercy. But, but is he really at the middle? And for me, I have to, I have to say, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, I, I saw, I saw the Lord. I have to be willing. If I want a reality that is bigger than my reality, if I want to be able to catch the eyes of dad so that my fear can calm and my anxiety can calm and I can begin to realize that maybe there's something more than the fishbowl, the first thing that I got to do is I got to be God aware. I don't need more religion. I don't need more church services, but I do need a desperation for God. I got to know who he is. And I dare you today in this place because this has been the story of I've grown up in church and I've sometimes. Sometimes I've been in the middle of a platform, but I couldn't have been further from God. And I'm not talking God was far from me. I'm talking, I, I wasn't looking to see something new about him because I thought I already knew who he was. He says, when, when there was change, when King Uzziah died, I, I saw the Lord. I saw something different. And what's interesting, as he sees him, he sees these angelic beings. And these angelic beings, they're flying around the throne room of God. And here's what they're saying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. You read this in the book of Revelation. And if you understand what they're saying, see, within the church context, we think about just like holy is like some reverent word, like holy, holy, holy. Lord. No, this, there's actually like meaning in this. 
He says, I see the Lord. And what I see is that these creatures are saying, holy, holy, holy. In other words, what they're saying, every time that they go around God, they're saying, oh, I've never seen that before. Oh, he's not who I thought I was. Oh, there's something about him that's different than what I was taught. What? And here's, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at with all this. If there's angelic beings that can be flying around the throne room of God from the beginning of time till now, and they're going to do it forever, and every time they fly around him, they see something different about him, I think I got something to learn about my God. I think I have something new to see about who he is. What am I talking about? Holy, holy, he's different. And if you spend your life settling for the version of God that you were taught, you will always just be contained to a fishbowl. What, what, am, what am I saying? Is, what, what, do you, what do you think God is? What is God? Define him for me. And to him, I say, yeah, but he's also, in other words, he's, he's probably different than that. Is, is, is he love and mercy and grace? Absolutely, but he's probably more than that. What am I saying? God can't, God can't be contained into my box. He back can't be contained into this is who God is. The thing, here's, here's the thing that you find out. You, you find out in your journey with life that God is so much more than you could ever dream. And I know you think you got him figured out, but I'm here to dare you today that if you want to get outside of a life of a fishbowl and you want to walk into a realm of distinction, I'm talking about standout life. You're going to have to see where you start out and where you start out is dependent upon how willing you are to have an awareness of who God is. This is what, to me, this is why I want to worship. This is why I want to pray. This is why I want to, fa- it's, it's not just religious routine. It's because I'm, I want to see something new about you that I didn't know before. You know, I don't want to have a limited perspective because of what I've been taught and think, well, God's probably, people do, like, God's probably mad. You know what, God, God is a father. He's, a, he's, a, he's probably different than what you think. He probably evaluates his children the way that you evaluate your children individually based upon how they're geared and how they've been brought up. And I want you to know today that your brother and your sister that may be different from you and you treat them different, God may see their situation different. Why? Because God might be different than what you think. If, if, I, if I want a good starting point, because here's, here's what I'm getting at. If I want to be solving the right problems, I got to be aware of where I'm starting from. And an accurate awareness only starts with true God awareness. God, would you show me who you are? Are you this? Yeah, I'm that, but I'm also more than that. I'm, I'm also different than what you were taught. I'm also different than what you've learned about me to now. Does it discredit everything that I've been? No, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more than that. This is why we can never lose our hunger for the things of God. I'm here to tell you, we need God back in the middle of our life. We need God back in the middle of our families. We need God in the middle of our schools. We need God in the middle of our country. And I'm not talking about just a slogan on the top of a building. I'm talking about, I need to know who he is so that I can understand who I am. Because, because it is only, here, here's, here's how the progression works. It starts with God awareness. But it is God awareness that leads to true reality awareness. Meaning I can't really know where I'm at until I know where he's at. And here's what I find out. The closer I get to God and understand who he is, he reveals to me who I'm supposed to be. Who, who, who am I? I, I want to be my true self. How, how do I find my, you can't find your true self until you find the one who made yourself. And, and I'm not talking about, and I hope that you're hearing me today. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about there is a God who created the heavens and the earth. 
that put you here on the face of this planet, not by accident. And if I want to know really who I, if I want to understand my reality, I have to understand who he is. And when I understand who he is, here's what happens. I begin to see who I really am. And this is the part that can be a little bit painful. <laughs> Isaiah, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and I saw that he was different. And when I saw who he was, I said, well, I'm a man of, 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 unclean, of unclean lips. It's funny because people who spend their time talking, if you spend your time talking about other people, you're only revealing how far you are from God because when you get close to God, he doesn't talk to you first about other people. He talks to you about, <laughs> about yourself. You, you ever get caught up in church gossip and hear somebody talk? You hear what? So it, it, don't do that. All you're doing is revealing just how far you are from God. Cause when you get close to God, we see it in the story of Isaiah. He doesn't want to talk about everybody else and, and what they're doing and what they shouldn't. No, no, no. He wants to talk. He wants to talk about you. Isaiah sees that I am a man of unclean, unclean lips. I am a man of unclean lips. My lips are unclean lips. My, 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 my I am a man of unclean communication. When I get close to God and I hear what God is saying, and then I look at what I'm saying, the things that God says about me and the things that I say about me are a little bit different. When I get around God, God wants to tell me that you're more than a conqueror, that old things have passed away and all things have become new. But when I get around me, I'm still talking about what happened to me way back when. I'm still talking about I'll never get past this. I'll, I don't know if I'll ever be able to overcome. I'm still wanting to analyze all the ins and outs of my life. I am a man of unclean lips. When I get around God and see who God is, I see that, ah, I got I to gotta change some things about my communication because whatever I say is the thing that I'll see. Whatever I speak into my life is the thing that I will attract. So when I'm just talking about my anxiety, rest assured, I will have more anxiety. When I talk about, I don't know if I'm going to make, I don't know where I'm going to go from here. You know what's going to happen? I'm never going to know where I'm to go from here. If I want to move beyond the reality, the fishbowl that I'm experiencing, I got to align my communication. I'm a man of unclean lips. I got to align my communication with what he's saying. And when I get close to God and hear what he's saying, I begin to see, I'm not saying the same thing. I am a man of unclean communication. The things that I'm saying about myself are not the things that God's saying about me. And it's not just the things that I'm saying about myself. The things that I'm saying about other people is not the thing that God's saying about other people. The angels that fly around. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Are you kidding me? Have you taken a look at the whole earth? When I look at the whole earth, I'm not thinking, oh, look at his glory. No, but God sees beyond the situation. He sees beyond broken humanity into the crevices and the recesses of who you could be if you got beyond the, got beyond the fishbowl. When I hear what he's saying about other people, I'm still saying, well, yeah, but they betrayed me and they did this. And he's saying the same forgiveness that was available to you is the same forgiveness that's available to them. I am a man of unclean lips. I am a man of unclean communication. I am, I am a man of unclean communication. But not just communication. Because the lips aren't just the place that I communicate. It's also the place that I consume. I am a, play, I am a man of unclean consumption because whatever I take in is whatever I'll put out. When I get close to God, I begin to see, oh, the, the thing. 
I'm taken in fear. I'm taken in anxiety. I'm taken in negativity. I'm taken in a system that wants me to think that I have to strive to be somebody. And whatever I take in, that's what I'll ultimately put out. When I get close to God, I begin to see, well, I'm a man of unclean lips. There's something in me that has to shift. If I want to get beyond the fishbowl, I got to change the things that I'm saying. I got to align them with the things that God says. As I get into the Bible and I read the word, I got to start talking like that. I got to start consuming things that flesh out the bad things. This is not about right and wrong and good verse. This is, this is about whatever I put into my soul is the thing that will come out into my life. If you're struggling with fear, get, get away from people who are programming your mind with fear. If you're, con- if you're constantly afraid and terrified, maybe you need to turn off the news. Maybe you need to get a new friend circle. Get away from people that are just, did you hear about the, the, the last shooting that happened? Did you hear about the earthquake? We're probably all going to die. You know we're due for one. It's been 20 years. I don't need that in my life. I don't need that in my operating system. Otherwise, it's going to keep me stuck in a reality that I don't want to live in. If I want to get beyond the fishbowl, I'm going to have to realize I'm a man of unclean communication, but I'm not just a man of unclean communication. I'm a man of unclean consumption, meaning I got to watch what I'm taking in. And this is, this is not about religion. This is about the condition of my soul, man. If I want to get beyond, there's more than the fishbowl. There's more than the fishbowl for your family. There's more than the fishbowl for your finances. There's more than the fishbowl for your peace of mind and your soul. I'm talking about there's so much more. Do you have the courage to believe it? Do you have the courage to believe that what you think is real might not be real? That you may just be like a four-year-old that's lost in the midst of a crowd? You see the eyes of God when you hear the voice of your father, you begin to realize, man, the problem is not that daddy has forgotten about me. The problem is I'm paying attention to the people that are surrounding me, the people that are bumping into me, all the noise and the chaos that's causing all of the fear and the worry and the anxiety. And what about my future? And what about my money? Are we going to always be like this? Are we always going to live paycheck to paycheck? I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. How are we going to become the people that we want to become? I am a man of unclean consumption. But it's not just my communication and it's not just my consumption. It's also my connection. What you are connected to determines what you are capable of. (laughs) Hear me. What you are connected to determines what you are capable of. Your circle crafts your reality. You ever been around, you ever flown to a different part of the world and you're like, what is going on here? You ever go to the Midwest or the East Coast and you're like, y'all think this is normal? You're not acting normal, but they think that it's normal. And you guys think that the rest of the world operates like this? This is not how your circle crafts your reality. Whoever you're around, that becomes normalcy. And so everybody thinks this is the way that everybody lives. And so the danger of this, when you get around a family that wants to keep you comfortable, when God has called you to something greater, you will live your life comfortable because the culture has told you that the reality is this. We just work so that we can play, so that we can stay here. And our lives really don't have any exterior meaning. It's all about just enjoyment. And then you have people that it's all about just enjoyment. And this is the culture. And we just live for the party, but we don't have anything of worth. And we don't have meaningful relationships. You will. I'm talking about what you're connected to. What you're connected to will determine what you are capable of. Do you see this goldfish up here? Did you know that this goldfish was, I mean, this goldfish was never intended to be in a bowl. You understand this, right? Like, like humanity, we take things that, that God has given us and we change things. That's all good. Like it helps us be progressive. But this fish living in this bowl changes what, what it's connected to determines what it's capable of. 
You know, you know what this, this, this fish, it's it, where it came from. You know what its fish used to look like? Put up a picture of what the fish used to look like. Years and years and years ago, this would, this would have been the type of fish that it was. What, what happened? What it was connected to determined what it was capable of. When you put it in a small little jar and you let it reproduce where it doesn't have enough water and it doesn't have enough, what am I talking What you're connected to. What you're connected to determines what you're, ca- how, 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 how do I, how, I could have been, I could have been what? I could have been what, but I end up who? I'm saying sometimes in life, when I get around God, I start to value, I got to change what I'm connected to because the things and the people and the resources that I'm connected to, I don't want, it's going to limit my capacity to be the things that God has called me to be. If I want to be a standout, I have to get clarity of where I'm starting out. I am a man of unclean lips. I am a man of unclean communication. I am a man of unclean consumption. I am a man of unclean connection. (laughs) I think sometimes in life, we are almost afraid to evaluate and to see who we really are because we're terrified that we'll stay that way. I think the reason that we move at such a fast pace and we don't, we don't really sit and like when we're hurting, sit in our pain and evaluate and say, this is where I am is because we're terrified that if I acknowledge who I really am, that maybe I'll get stuck that way. And so we settle for the fishbowl. We settle for a life of comfort, naive to the possibilities of what exists beyond the fishbowl. That there's freedom. That there's things to accomplish that I can't accomplish from here. That there's a standout marriage, there's a standout life. And I know when I say that, for some of you, like you just, you, you're so conditioned because of your consumption that you think, er, no. Like you feel, some of you feel that in here. When I say that your marriage can be better than the fishbowl, you immediately think no. Why? Because we're people of unclean lips. Our consumption says, yeah, but you know about the divorce rate? Yeah, but do you know about what I've been through? Yeah, but you know what he did? Do you know what I did? Do you know what I did that they don't know about? Like, do you even, do you even, what am I talking The consumption. It causes me to settle for a reality that isn't reality. I'm a four-year-old lost in a crowd. When I see who God is, I'm able to come to terms with true reality awareness. But God doesn't want to just leave me in reality awareness. He wants to move me from God awareness to reality awareness so ultimately I can step into God's reality awareness. Which is what? The best part of the story. When he sees who he really is. (laughs) And God sees that he sees who he really is. Yeah, you see it now, don't you? (laughs) You've been trying to solve problems that weren't there. You've been trying to solve problems you don't have all the pieces to. Some of you thought there was no problems, but you see it now, don't you? And now that you see it, what does God do? I want to move you past this reality into my reality. So the angel goes and he takes a pair of tongs and he takes a coal. Takes a coal from the altar of God. And he goes over to the mouth of Isaiah, the point of weakness. The point of whatever disqualifies you, whatever makes you think, I have to settle for... No, you don't. He takes the place that causes you to settle for the fishbowl reality, and he touches it. He touches his mouth with the coal, and when he touches his mouth with the coal, he says two things. He says, your guilt is now gone, and your sins are forgiven. Guilt, guilt, what, what, what is this? This is a picture of your rea- how, how you form, frame your reality. Guilt is an emotion. Sin is a fact based upon your behaviors. What forms your current reality? Your feelings and the facts. He touches the place. He says, I've removed the things that wants to keep you in a prison of of just feeling and facts. It's been removed now. Be free. What am I talking about? 
you have to be willing to have accurate awareness of where you're at so that God has the ability to restore where you're at to ultimately get you to the place that you're going. He doesn't need you to fix it because you've already been trying and you can't. But what you can do is when I acknowledge who he is and I acknowledge who I am, I allow him to create a space in my life where he can touch the things that I wouldn't let any human touch. I wouldn't let my friends, my family members, my psychologist, my spouse, I wouldn't let them get into that place, but I'll let God get into that place. What am I talking about? So that I can, so that I can have the reality that really I've always hoped for. I've really, I've always hoped that maybe there was a God that was watching me. I've always hoped that maybe I'm not as lost as I feel. I've always hoped that maybe I'm not as forgotten as I, as I feel. God can restore, but it starts with being able to be willing to be God aware so that I can truly be self-aware so that I can be God's reality aware. And I think what's crazy about it is ultimately God wants to touch those places of your, I'm talking about 50, 60 year olds in this place that you're thinking, yeah, but it's been a long road. It's been a long life. I'm telling you, there's more than the fishbowl. There's more, there's more than the fishbowl. I'm talking to the Christian who said, but I've been a Christian for 25 years. I'm telling you, he's probably different than what you think. There's more, there's more, there's more than the fishbowl. I know it's, I know it feels real, but what if you're just a four year old lost in a crowd? And what if dad's been watching all along? And what if you can catch the gaze of his eyes and he can reach out and grab you by the hand and tell you it's going to be okay. I have a life that's better for you than just the containment of a fishbowl. You can swim free. You don't got to bump your nose up against everything in life. You can eat the good of the land. You can eat the best of the land. You can eat the best of the jobs and have the best relationships and the best finances. This is a better life than you've ever dreamed. It's like we talked about last week. God wants to be able to provide, but this is the process. And what's crazy is the same thing. What God wants, he wants to provide. So ultimately we can begin to change the climate of this place that we live. <laughs> this is why I've been telling you, if you can't fight for your marriage for you, fight for it for the people around you. To show them, man, you can have a jacked up life, but God can restore. Maybe you don't care about that much, but people are dependent. I'm telling people are dependent. We live in a, 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 we're surrounded by people who are hopeless that need to know that, hey, my journey's been hard and it sucked. And I've cried myself to sleep a lot of nights, but I'm still going and God's still being faithful. And I'm seeing little turnarounds and we, we may not be where we want to be, but we're not done. And God's not done because this is what God wants to do. He, he wants to take this place where he touches and use it to touch other people. It's funny because he, he, he removes Isaiah's excuses. And then he says, whom shall I send and who will go from me? It's like, who? It's like, it's just Isaiah standing there, right? <laughs> and Isaiah's all, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me to people who are broken and hurting. And I, I, I think what's, what's fascinating about the whole thing that like really gets me is when the angel goes to take the coal from the altar, the Bible says that he goes and he takes it with a pair of tongs. He takes it with a pair of tongs and then he touches it to Isaiah's lips. So what the angel can't touch, Isaiah can't. There are things that heaven can't touch that you can't. What am, what am I talking about? Heaven can't sit across from a mom who's crying because she just lost her kid. Heaven can't give her a hug, but, but you can't. Heaven can't stop in the middle of a grocery store when people are fighting and arguing and just walking up and just sharing the love of God. Just love it. Hey, you guys okay? I, I know. I, I don't mean to do it. Heaven can't do those things, but you can. Heaven can't reach out to a boss who's at the end of his rope and you know something's up because he hasn't talked to anybody in five days, but this is not the way that he normally is to say, hey, boss, I know that, man, we have a work, but are you okay? Like, are you cool? Heaven, there's things that heaven can't touch that you can. There are places 
places and spaces that God wants to send you that he can't get on its own. He may not be able to get in the political system in his, in, in heaven's way. It's not just going to zap it down, but you know what? He can send some representatives. He can send some people. He may not be able to, heaven may not be able, what am I, what am I talking about? He needs your hands. He needs your feet. This is why he touches a place. He, the things that heaven cannot touch, you can there are people that are, that, are, that, are, that, are, that are counting on us. And what am I talking about? This is why he, he wants you to be a city on a hill. And I was praying this morning because I'm the kind of guy that I'm not comfortable with that. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need all that. Like, I don't, I don't need fame. And I don't need people to know my name. And I would be cool if it was just me and my family and we could just enjoy. Like, I don't, I don't need all that. But yet when I read the Bible, he says, no, I need you to be a city on a hill. He says, I need you. No, you're the, hey, you're, you're, you're the light of the world. You're, you're, the, you're the salt of the earth. And if I'm, if I'm honest, I'm not comfortable with that. You know why I'm not comfortable with that? Because of my fishbowl, my reality, the things I know about myself, the things I know about my life, the things that I've, that I'm sa- that I've found safety in. But there's more. Hear me today. You're probably going to forget this message. And some of you are going to run into me in the grocery store and say, oh, it was so good last weekend. But if you remember anything, you know, I'll say, what did I talk about? I don't know, but it was good. You guys do that all the time. It's hilarious. <laughs> you spoke one time and it changed my life. What did I talk about? I don't know, but it was so, so good. <laughs> it's true. Tim, you know it's true. It happens all the time. Uh, so encouraging being a communicator. You preach one thing and people forget it the next day. But if you, if you remember anything, remember this little fish. And when you think you're at the end of your rope, when you think you know, when you think, man, we've been doing this a while now. I think we've got this thing figured out. We've learned how to be comfortable. Please remember, there is more than the fishbowl. There's more than the fishbowl. What if your reality wasn't reality? What if the problems you're trying to solve are not really the problems that need to be solved? What if you're trying to solve problems that you don't have all the pieces to? What if you're in a position where you don't see any problems because you're really not accurately aware? I want to take a second all across this room. Can we close our eyes together? I want us to remember that we showed up to church today to look to a God who is bigger than us. And chances are you probably feel a little bit different now than when you first walked in because there's always those like calluses that the week brings. Where it's like you come into an environment and it's like, oh, okay, at church now. And the worship music plays and all of a sudden those calluses begin to kind of melt off. And then we have moments and God doesn't, and, all the, and you kind of get to this place of tenderness. And, and what I'm saying is this is the place that you want to remain. This place of, of, of God awareness. Some of you are, you, you, you're beating up on yourself because you think God's beating up on you because somebody told you that that's who God was. But I'm here to tell you, he's holy, holy, holy. He's different, different, different. Whatever you think he is, he's probably different than that. He, do, he doesn't fit into your box. Like you think, think about this, just with your eyes closed. This is, you want to make your brain cramp up and show you just how much of a four-year-old lost in a crowd you are? If I were to ask you, how, how, where did, how did God get here? When did God begin? These are the kind of things that make you go nuts. He, he didn't begin. He's always been. What? No, no, no. But where did he start? No, he's always been. So he didn't have a begin. No, he never had a beginning. He's all, but he had to start now. What made him? No, he, no. You see what I'm saying? There's a reality that is greater than your reality. You're just living in a fishbowl. 
God, would you help us to get beyond the fishbowl so that we can be a city on a hill? Would you help us to get beyond the constructs that we've built to make sense of a God that we can't make sense of? Will we allow you to be who you are? To function in the role that you want to function, not within the constructs of who we want you to be so that we feel safe. God, let Christianity not just be a security blanket for us. Let, let saying that I'm a Christian not just be a word of safety. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. God, let, let, it be a rea- let it be our reality. Right in this moment, I'm asking the band to sing, and I just want you to open your heart just briefly to get a taste of what? God reality. God, would you show me who you are? Would you show would you show me something I haven't seen before? I'm talking Wanna to people know you. who's been in the game for a while today. Who's think you, who thinks you got it? I'm telling you, he's more. He's more. Wanna know you. You've experienced great things, but if angels can fly around his throne from the beginning of time until now and say he's no, oh that's know you. That's, God, we want to know you. God, we want to fall in love with you again. We want to know God every waking moment. Help us to see. Help us to see, God. So I'm laying down. Right where you're at, if you're comfortable with it, let's stand to your feet. Let's dim the lights if you can. Let's just create a moment here today where before we go, we want to be like five more minutes. What if this really could change your life? What if what you've been looking for, how to get beyond the situation that's really crippling you, what if it's really found in this? Can we just take a second? Let's let's just cut the religious stuff off. And just you in this room, just like an openness before God. God, we want to we want to lay down religion. The constructs of who society has told us that you are. God, the roadblocks of our past that keep us from venturing into the unknown. I just free you today. I free you today. You live your life thinking, what, what, what if they find out? What if, what if, what if this, this happens? Don't live in, don't live in that fishbowl. Don't live in that fishbowl. Before God. I'm laying, I'm laying down all oh, my religion. Sometimes you gotta just change your posture too. Maybe you're somebody here today, you've never lifted your hands in church. Maybe close your eyes really, really tight so you feel like nobody's looking. And just take your hands and stretch them out into the air. What am I talking? I'm gonna get beyond my fishbowl. I don't care how I gotta do it. I don't care, I don't care if it's not my personality. I don't, I don't care if it's not real cool. I need to know who he is so that I can see what he's doing. Because if I don't see what he's doing, I'm going to keep feeling like I'm abandoned, like I'm a lost, like he's forgotten about me. Like somehow he doesn't know right where you're at. God's got your number. God's got your number. Somebody needs to hear that today.
Just sing that out of your mouth. God, I'm laying down all my everything that I've been taught about you. I'm laying down. I want to know. Some of you need to know today that God is a multi-expression God. I don't know who needs to hear this today. But you've been afraid of, of really opening up your life to God because of how he's been presented to you through other people. And sometimes, sometimes you come into these moments and it's loud and aggressive and you feel God moving. But sometimes, let's just break it down really, really quiet. Just acoustic guitar. Sometimes God is just a tender God. And sometimes he can move without a guitar. Sometimes he can move without strength. Sometimes he just want, he's just whispering. And sometimes your personality may not be comfortable with loud and boisterous and, and aggressive, but God is a multifaceted God. And I dare you in your life to allow him to be that. Allow him to be more than just a church expression when the bands play. Allow him to be with you when you're driving in the car and the music's off and it's alone. And out of your mouth, you say, God, I want to know you. Just in a whisper. This is how God works. Sometimes we make religion so like way spooky and spiritual. I'm telling you, it's as simple as when I'm alone in my car and I'm just, my kids are crying and screaming in the back and I'm thinking, and I'm just thinking, okay, and I'm thinking to myself, God, help me just to know you. Just like that. Help me to, help me to see I, my life can be so busy and my life wants to pull you out of the center. Help me. Please help. Please help. And you know what? God can move in in his tenderness. He's a multi-expression God. He's a multi-expression God. Right where you at, just close your eyes. I'm laying down. All my religion Letting go of the constructs of what I say you are I'm laying down I want to know you Lord. God, I know you, but not like I want I'm to laying I know I know you, but not like I want to my God, let it be a journey I'm God, from day one To the day that our breath expires <laughs> Let it be said that from this moment on from this moment on, from here to the day that your breath expires, you'll be seeking the right thing to grasp God's reality so that I can be aware of mine and ultimately step into God's awareness of who he wants me to be. God, would you help us today? Would you help us to see who you are? In Jesus' name, one more time, let's sing it together. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.